This, 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 this is is mythical. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome. Everyone, welcome, welcome to Trevor Talks Too Much, the show where I talk to some cool people, some cool guests, and I talk a little bit, and I try and make a couple of friends, and, uh, you know, see how the conversation flows and where it goes. Uh, I'm your host, Trevor Everts. I'm a master baker, mythical soft boy, and certified wide boy today. There's something about my sweater that makes me seem very wide. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's a nice sweater, and I like it. Today, I spoke with Julian Bass, who is an amazing visual effects editor. You probably have seen a TikTok or two from him. He does some really, really cool stuff. Um, And we talked about all sorts of things. We had a great convo. We talked about Ragtime, one of my favorite and one of his favorite musicals. Uh, Great musical. We talked about who the best Spider-Man is. Pretty heated debate. And we also talked about the Transformers movies and how underrated they are and how they need to make a comeback and how freaking hot Josh Dumal is, okay? Now, Josh Dumal is in a movie. He's in a few movies. Josh Dumal is in a movie that I watched that is probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen, and it is called The Buddy Games. Have you ever heard of this movie, Jamie? I have not. Okay, it's terrible. Oh, man. It's, 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 um, it's kind of like, you remember that movie Tag, where it's about the four friends that have had the yeah. same thing Tag? Yeah. It's kind of in that vein, but like really bad. Um, it it was about, so it's about these friends, this group of friends that when they were younger, they did this thing called the buddy games. Uh, I've only seen it once. Um, and (laughs) I don't even know. It was so bad. And the reason that I watched it was because it has, uh, James Rode Rodriguez, who is the star of a very popular television show that I love very much called Psych. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, so Psych, mm-hmm. the show about, you know, James Rode plays a, a psychic detective. I love James Rode, and I remember, I think I had just finished a rewatch of Psych, and I was like, I don't know if there's anything else that I've seen him in. I wonder if he does anything else, because I love him. I think he's a great actor. I think he's super funny. And I was like, oh, there's this movie called The Buddy Games, and it's got Josh Dumal in it also. And it also has um, Olivia Munn, Jensen Ooh. Ackles. Uh, Dax Shepard. So it's got like quite a few like and um pretty solid cast. Yeah, it's I'd got say. a pretty solid cast. There's a couple other people in there. Anyway, I was like, oh, like, but it had terrible reviews. I think it has like a is 16 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, but I was like, I mean, come on, it's like how bad could it be? You know, right? And so I watched it, and let me tell you what. It deserved the 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, man. It was a very bad movie. But I kind of want you to watch it because I don't think anyone's ever seen it. I think maybe like four people have, and I'm one of them. Uh, the other three obviously gave it a pretty poor score on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like so bad. They like So all these friends, I guess they had like a falling out and they like reunited. But they just play these weird games. And Josh Jamal plays this like super rich guy. Um, and they like competed for like $150,000. Anyway, just a, a terrible movie. There was one part, one of the games that they played was like they went to a bar and the first, they, they were competing to see who the first person could be to get someone's number, like phone number, or maybe like kiss someone. I can't remember. But then like one of the friends puts like laxatives in the other friend's drinks. Oh no. So then there's just this scene with all of them like shitting their pants. It was just such a I don't know. It was a really bad movie. But looking it up, I remember seeing the like seeing the commercial or just seeing the poster. Yeah. I don't know why I'm assuming this was like a movie from like 10 years ago even though it was literally it's like only a couple years to ago. 2019. It's uh I'll give it I'll give yeah. it a watch. 
I oh. like I like a good bad movie. It's really bad. Josh Duhamel's hot. Um, yes, it's distributed by WWE Studios. What? So wrestling? I don't know why. Because normally, if a movie's by WWE Studios, it's because there's like a professional wrestler in it. It won two awards. For what? <laughs> in the Mammoth Film Festival, very prestigious. Uh, <laughs> For uh, achievement in filmmaking to Josh Duhamel and best <laughs> genre film. <laughs> what? There was probably only two other films at the film festival. <laughs> it has two awards wins. Oh my God. Yeah, no, anyway, I was just thinking about how bad that movie was um, because we talked about Josh Yeah, because you guys, you guys talked about him. I've watched a lot of movies, though. I've seen worse movies. I think it's worth watching so that I have someone to relate to. If anybody out there, Jamie, if you want to watch it, if anybody out there, it's only like an hour and 30 minutes. That's all you have to suffer through. I'd love to be able to talk about it to someone. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I will, I'll definitely watch it. We can talk offline about it. Yeah. Yeah. We can offline about it. Um, and then we can get online with Julian. That was such. Oh my God, Jamie! I come know. on, leave the jokes to me. <laughs> I'm gonna just. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna like shrink down underneath the table. Oh God, no! That was good. That was good. I appreciate that. Let's get. Let's get into the show. Julie, it's so nice to meet you. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Happy to be here. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm excited to talk to you. You, you, I've seen a lot of your videos. Um, you've gone viral for some stuff before. Um, but I'm just excited to talk about all of the things that you do because I think it's very cool. And I would love to get your insight, your professional opinion on some things. Cause I have a lot of opinions, but most of them are very yeah. unprofessional. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I do a lot. I do so much. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think I'll be able to enlighten yeah. Is that the word? That's the word. And here's the thing. People need enlightening these days. I think there are a lot of people that need to be enlightened. Well, monks, they're enlightened. They that are. Quite literally, that's, there it is. That's our cyclical yeah. um, path to greatness. Yeah. I want to be enlightened to the point where I can become a monk. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I want to get to that, that point is... where I'm like, I think I could finally, I think I could finally become a monk. I feel like I'm at that point, you know? Yeah. I can't wait. Honestly, the more I talk about it, the more I just want to do it. I just want to I just want to move to Belgium, join a trapeze. That beer is so good. Have you had like Belgian trapeze beer? I I haven't. Uh I'm not even I don't even drink beer that much, really. Well, you just wait till you I see know. how the Belgians do it, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll I'll turn. Julian Bass, everyone. Um, you do a lot of visual effects, you do a lot of special effects stuff, editing, um, but please introduce yourself to the people. Yeah, uh, I'm Julian Bass. Uh, like you said, I'm, I'm a visual effects artist and, um, just kind of an overall entertainer. Uh, I've done it all. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we just, I just did the show and I just realized, I was like, you know what? I could really do everything here but that's never fun no you gotta love working with people yeah so you know um and it's also not logistical to make an entire tv show as a one person thing i don't know Bur bo burnham did it right yeah. didn't you make a yeah, thing seemed like you yeah. went crazy though <laughs> seemed like you yeah. went a little 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 right. netto do you think that that yeah. was like him playing it up a little bit for the special or do you think he actually like went a little bit crazy uh I, I mean i've spent enough time behind a computer um away from people to be like you know what maybe i do need to just see a human you know it was crazy <laughs> it was crazy yeah and so i went to the store and um it was just people shopping, just hearing people talking and making sounds was way too shocking for me. I was like, I need to get outside. This is not <laughs> supposed to feel weird. <laughs> yeah, that was just strange. Yeah. Um, but I guess because of the, how much time I spend doing visual effects, I guess I am a visual effects artist first and foremost. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's super cool. I, um, I love watching visual effects <laughs> i think most people do i have a deep appreciation for it i know nothing about it though 
Um, but so did you have, does it, was there anything like a, a show or a cartoon or a movie like in your childhood that you could like specifically point to as something that inspired you to get into visual effects? I think it was really, it was YouTubers. Yeah. It was Corridor Digital and Freddie Wong and all like the, those sort of that group of YouTubers, um, that really made me want to do it. Yeah. Uh, I don't think. I think at the time, I mean, I started this when I was like 10, 11 years old. Yeah. Um, and I used to do, I remember before the visual effects part came into it, I used to do like Lego stop motion. Yeah. Videos. Yeah. Um, but I, I was so young. I didn't have any clue how to turn the pictures into a video. So I would take the camera and I would scroll through. It had one of those little like rolly yeah. scroll things. I would scroll through it and do all the voices like right then and there when I wanted to show my parents or whatever. Um, and that was the extent of it. That was, that was all of it. They were like, you made this. I was like, yeah, I wish I could save it. Um, and put it somewhere, but gosh, I I wish I still had those, but, um, but it was really watching YouTubers and and thinking, wow, that's tangible. You know, like seeing a movie, you know, if I go to see Spider-Man, I'm not as a kid, I'm not like, I'm like, that's movie. That's Hollywood stuff. That's that's out of my reach. I, don't, I can't do that. And then I saw people who were just posting it online doing it. And I was like, wait a minute, maybe, maybe I can. And, uh, you know, as time goes on, these resources have become more and more available um, to an extent now where it's like, I thought I was the only kid who was into this stuff yeah. at my age um, when it really was a resource thing, you know, not everybody had just a computer that could handle that yeah, yeah. or even the programs themselves. So, yeah. And I got a chance to meet, uh, Ren, who was like one of the first after effects tutorials I'd ever watched. Yeah. And I got to meet him and interview him on, um, on my show. And that was like, so surreal. He's way taller than I thought. Um, <laughs> Uh, isn't like, that weird on. when you meet someone who you've only seen online and you never even thought about how tall they would be it never even crossed your mind and then you meet them and you're like oh you're like way taller or way shorter than i thought like i don't know i always talk about tall energy um because <laughs> i'm a tall person but i don't feel like i give off tall energy like some people have I, tall energy i don't know I, I think you look kind of tall to me i mean if i if i had to guess i would probably guess that you would be tall i'm five foot eight okay I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm middle of the road, so... How, how tall do you think I am, then? You know what's so funny? Yeah. This would have definitely been one of those, like, oh, yeah, cut that out. I almost said you look like you're 5'12". <laughs> 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 you're between 5'12 and 6 foot, I think. You know? <laughs> oh, is that your official but, uh, guess, then? 6 foot? That, I, I would think, yeah, that, that's my guess. Okay, I'm 6'4". Yeah, I'm lanky. I'm like lanky though. And I, again, I don't feel like I give off tall energy because I stand next to other people that are right around the same height as me, but they give off tall energy. And I always assume that they're taller than me, but then I stand next to them. I'm like, Oh, we're like the same height. I don't know. Maybe it's just like a mental thing for me. Cause I, I remember I, I grew late. And so I always like in my head, people that were older than me were always taller than me because I kind of grew late. And then once I got tall in my head, those people stayed tall. Have you ever done that? Like someone that you knew when you were younger that was older than you and they were taller than you. And then you grew and you're like, oh, this person's not that tall. But I don't know why in my head they were always just really tall. I got the reverse of that. <laughs> um, I, I, I definitely, I, used, I grew pretty fast um, and then like stopped growing in middle school. But I remember there was this one kid who was like, he was the short kid, like the short kid. And I remember like, he was not only like short, but he was like kind of angry too. You know, like he was, always, he was like the stereotype yeah. of like, what do you think a short guy would be? Yeah. And um, he had like a high pitched voice and everything, like all of it together. And you know, come, come high school, like I hadn't seen him in maybe a year or two. And I was like, What? I, I was looking up. He was taller than me. <laughs> I was like, what happened? What did you eat? Like, yeah. I want to know. Yeah. And then, you know, slowly but surely, everybody else started to kind of get up. And I was like, well, you know, I guess I'll just do movies. <laughs> I can fake it till I make it there. And they love it. Oh, my gosh. Was he still angry, though? 
Uh, he was very mild mannered. Wow. I think. Yeah. So it was, it was the height. Maybe it was. Maybe he was just too close to hell. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he, got, he got out of range. <laughs> <laughs> he got out of range. He got enough separation. Yeah. Uh, whatever his like lowest like chakra gate, it like finally got high <laughs> enough off the ground. <laughs> yeah, and he was super cool. I mean, it was. Ah, oh, man, it was crazy. So, uh, so you love Ben Ten? Oh yeah, I love it. I love all animated things yeah. i love cartoons i love cartoons I too like, but i want to bring that up because i recently started watching ben 10 again because it's on hulu and i oh yeah, yeah i started re-watching it because i was like i haven't seen ben 10 in forever and i used to love this show as a kid and it really holds up i miss narrative cartoon network yeah actually uh one of the shows that i watch a lot now is apple and onion apple and onion which is i think yeah, it's one of the best shows ever. Really? <laughs> I thought it was I thought the show was for adults. And then I saw the TV the rating and I was like, "Wait, this is a kids show?" <laughs> it was just the, f- the jokes in it were like funny enough were like, you know, highbrow enough yeah. for me to be like, "Yeah, that's this seems like an adult swim kind of show." Yeah. Then but I guess it's British humor. I don't know. Um <laughs> but like I I miss I, I loved Ben 10 because I, I missed, I love the narratives. I love, I watched the, the Justice League and yeah. Justice League. I loved how like linear things were. Yeah. You got to know these characters um, in a way that was like more so based off of an arc. Yeah. Rather than, uh, you know, hey, this character learned something new this, this episode. Yeah. And even just like see the character development over time. That's what I was noticing watching it. Like there really is a lot of like, there is, like you said, a lot of linear progression of like, he's, you know, big understanding his powers more. Oh my God. Yeah, oh. sorry. She was starting to bite a thing that she wasn't supposed to bite. No, that's okay. For those of you that aren't watching and are only <laughs> listening, there is a dog on the screen now and I got distracted. <laughs> sorry. Hey, Jen, I'm going to need you to call it over here. Okay. There she goes. All right. But yeah, Ben 10. Um, <laughs> It really holds up because sometimes I go watch and I watch shows from like my childhood and I'm like, well, I understand why I enjoyed this as a kid, but like, it's not really that great anymore. Did you ever like watch Hot Wheels? They're like, they came out with these like TV movies. No. Uh, They came out with one called like Hot Wheels, the world race. And then like three sequels called Acceleracers. No. I rewatched it. And that is some of the, Greatest character work I've ever seen in a children's thing ever. Really, it's like some really heavy stuff. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and I and I, it blew me away too how consistent they were and how much time they took with these like interpersonal connections. Yeah, and um, that's definitely one of those things that I you know I stopped myself and I wrote down and I was like, all right, if I ever have to make a live action adaptation of an old IP that, you know, not enough people have seen, uh, Acceleracers. Acceleracers. Who would have thought Hot Wheels coming in with the great filmmaking? I just didn't think that they would spend that much time on something that could have just been racing, 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 and that's it. Yeah. But there's like war and everything. I'm like, geez, okay. That's awesome. Aliens, created cars and stuff. I want to watch the Hot Wheels movie now. I want to watch it. Um, as a, as a VFX visual effects, um, what I would call an expert, uh, what do you think in, in recent memory in recent years has been one of the best like visual effects in movie or show? Like what was one of those movies or shows that really just blew you away? Oh, mm. uh, wow. I feel like a lot, I, I get blown away by a lot of visual effects. Um, yeah, I think Dune, didn't they just win the Oscar yeah. for VFX? Dune was great. So. Um, it was great for a plethora of reasons. Um, like yeah. the movie, I thought I was, I kind of dragged a little bit from me. I'm not going to lie. I thought the movie yeah. was, I, I, I guess I didn't read the books or see the original, so I, I wasn't really too enamored. But um, yeah. visually, you know, I, I think it's amazing to me what they are able to accomplish with visual effects. And, and it's amazing to me how many people will miss that and be like, wow, look at so much, look at all the practical things and how much video effects they didn't use. It's like, you're just not noticing yeah. the effects, you know? Yeah. Gosh, I keep shouting out corridor. They need to just pay me now. 
Um, but they, <laughs> they did a video. Um, they do like these VFX artists react videos. I watch these every week and they were talking Dune and um, it was crazy. Cause like they didn't use green screens the whole time. And I was like, what do you mean? They didn't use green screens. Uh, they used sand colored screens so that the light, so you get spill when you're doing green screen stuff. So you like get like reflections of green and, you know, it's a part of the compositor's job to, you know, get rid of the spill. Um, and they were like, you know, how how about we just don't do that? How about we make the, you know, roto work a thousand times harder by putting sand colored people on the sand colored background. Um, (laughs) but we get good lighting. So, you know, um, it's, it was such a crazy trade off. And when I saw it, you know, when I saw like the behind the scenes images, I was like, there's no way that I would be a visual effects artist and I'd be in my editing bay and they'd give me a shot and they'd be like, all right, key this out. And it's just a gray screen and everything matches. I would be so furious. (laughs) There'll be times when, you know, I'm watching something, especially like animated shows, right? You'll, uh, do you watch Attack on Titan? Yes. Yes. You ever just re- you ever just sit there and you know like oh wow these characters are just talking a lot and that just definitely means in the next few minutes I'm about to get a huge action sequence because they're saving that animation budget I I feel like that some like when I'm watching certain things I'm just like mm, they are really setting us up for something that's just gonna look really cool and I feel like they thought about the cool thing and then built backwards from it. No, dude, I totally, yeah, I totally get you. Attack on Titan, it, it, you, it, it's funny because I probably like noticed it subliminally and then like realized it when you said something, but th- it really is. You have these like long shots of like, like still characters talking in place, you know, with these big monologues and stuff. And it always leads into a crazy fight and just like some, some of the most beautiful animation, some of the co- like Attack on Titan fight scenes are so freaking cool. I mean, just like with the ODM gear and, and them flying around, like, the I don't know. It's amazing. I love that show. You know, it really makes me think that they could, it reminded me so much, especially once they started getting like the, you know, the grapple guns and just started like you yeah. know, going from their hands. I was like, man, they could really just be doing this in like a Spider-Man way, you know? I feel like yeah. that, I feel like seeing a, a scene in the in that like style like a cool like one shot you know spider-man swinging and throwing a punch and doing all this you know craziness i feel like that would just be the coolest thing um but it's just so much effort i can't believe these people have this kind of time speaking of spider-man do you have like a a pretty hard favorite of the of the three it's a highly debated topic i'd love to hear your thoughts i've heard a lot of people say this and i agree with it uh but i think like andrew garfield is is a, the best actor of the three um and i love toby but i love toby mcguire's movies i feel yeah. like they they are a lot more comic booky than Tom's and definitely Andrew's. Um, yeah. I think it, it, but it comes down to like Sam Raimi though. You know, I think it's because yeah. of the way he directed it. And I remember just wa- rewatching, I think Spider-Man two and stuff. And like when they would like spin the newspaper and it would like slam down and you'd see the headline. It's like Spider-Man's yeah. on and like all these cool, yeah. like fun transitions and like sequences. Um, yeah. It's just the uh, Tom's or Marvel formula. Yeah. Uh, Andrews felt like they tried to distance themselves from the comic book and like were in the yeah. midst of the um, the Dark Knight era of trying yeah. to, you know, like, oh, yeah, the suit's going to be realistic. He's going to pop the lenses out of some glasses. It's like, yeah, that suit was kind of yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> Then the next movie, they were like, yeah, we're going to go full comic book mode with the suit. And that's like one of the best suits. Um, yeah. Screen. But yeah, uh, yeah th- very different tones on from the first Amazing Spider-Man 1 and Amazing Spider-Man 2. You could tell they yeah. were like, yeah, maybe Spider-Man shouldn't be so serious. Maybe yeah. the quippy, fun superhero should be quippy and fun. Yeah. I definitely, uh, I, I, I would agree with that. I love Andrew Garfield. I think he's a phenomenal actor. And yeah, I think it was just, the, the, the movies just 
kind of did him dirty a little bit. I, I don't, I, but I love him. I think you're, you're spot on with Toby. Like, I think that those movies are just great. And yeah, Tom Holland is like super Marvel. I mean, even from the first movie, you already had Iron Man in it. Like, yeah. to me, the Tom Holland yeah. ones didn't feel like Spider-Man movies because there was this, uh, like, they came in well after the MCU was very, very developed. And so it felt like this isn't a Spider-Man movie. This is like a, this is what's happening. And then, you know, here's the Avengers on the side, you know, like this is what's happening while the Avengers are like on a break or Tom Holland isn't with the Avengers. And so, I don't know, that always felt like a weird vibe to me. I love No Way Home. I thought, you know, however campy and fan service it was, I thought it was so much fun. I just, it was so much fun. I got to see it in IMAX on opening night. I think it wasn't even, it wasn't even crazy like that, the IMAX, you know, oh, it's an IMAX experience. It was just that like in an IMAX theater, you can get the maximum amount of people. Yeah. And just when stuff happened, oh my goodness. Everybody oh yeah. Losing it, losing it. It was such a fun movie watching experience. Cause I saw it on IMAX too opening night and it was just like, it was so much fun. Everybody was cheering. Like yeah. everybody was going nuts. And yeah. you just it just fed into that energy more and more of like, oh my God, this is just like one of the most fun movie experiences ever. Um I I don't know. I would I would hope now that they've, you know, opened up the multiverse that, you know, Andrew and Toby might make their triumphant returns at some point. Um, even if it's just for more cameo stuff, I that would make me happy because I love Andrew Garfield. But yeah, I think every Spider-Man movie has like, you know, something about it that makes it lovable. Um, I'm glad to see Andrew getting his redemption because for a long time, people really hated those movies. Like for a long time, everyone was like, those are the worst movies. Those sucked. And like, yeah, I get why you say that, but yeah, I don't know. It seemed like after uh, there was a lot less Andrew Garfield hate after No Way Home. <laughs> after No Way Home, yeah, everybody yeah. was like, "Yo, wait a minute, this guy's kind yeah. of Spider Man." I think he, yo, is Spider Man. <laughs> like, it's like pretty yo. good. Like, I love Andrew Garfield. When like four years ago, they're like, "God, you remember when they came out with the Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies? Those sucked." Yeah. yeah, all those people are are cowering in the shadows now. Um. But Spider-Man is your favorite superhero, I assume? Spider-Man? Hmm. Wait a minute before I speak out of turn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. Hmm. I think it's a good opinion. I've always loved Spider-Man ever since I was a kid. Um, it's nice when you have, when, like, growing up with those movies, like, it's a lot easier to, like, because, you know, you didn't get a ton of, I mean, I feel like, by the time I was older, that's when more superhero movies were starting to come out. That's when it got like really popular. But like there was always Spider-Man movies and shows when I was growing up. It was always around. Um, but what's your favorite? Okay, here's a question. I, I might already know the answer. What's your favorite like kind of quasi superhero movie? Like I'm talking or or superhero like fran- franchise where it's not really superheroes, but like, I don't know, like Transformers, Ben 10 would probably be in that category. Um, I'm trying to think of other uh, okay. ones. Yeah. Oh man, that's a hard question. Gosh. Attack on Titan is my favorite show. My favorite superhero movie is The Suicide Squad. Which one? I think the se- the the second one. The one um, that just recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's that was I, fun. That, that was a fun movie. That could that could be one of my favorite movies like ever. Yeah. The funny story. Yeah. Um. So ever since 2020, when I had the whole viral video thing and you know, got a chance to do the things that I like. I, yeah. you know, my agents were like, Oh, so what are some shows and stuff that you, you know, you have and I, ideas, you know? Um, and so I had this slate and one of those ideas on this slate was called the monster squad. And yeah. it was about this fire team that goes and like, you know, takes out these monsters. They go, they fight monsters basically. Um, yeah. But it's supposed to be sort of a play on the expendable group of people in a lot of these movies that is just like there just so the monster could just destroy them. And then like, you know, yeah. Chris Pratt comes and saves the day or something. And, um, yeah. I, I wrote this thing and, you know, I wrote down the whole, I wrote the whole story out. Um, the way it starts is like with this documentary film crew, they're like, you know, meet, meet the fire team, um, and meet the monster squad and the document and they get like a monster alert. Right. And they go and they're like, yeah. all right, uh, 
Yeah, they bring the film crew with them, and the whole film crew gets massacred. And these guys are like, why did we bring a film crew? You know, with us, this is a horrible idea. And so this whole movie like <laughs> begins with this like total bloodbath. And I'm watching yeah. the Suicide Squad, right? And I'm like, wow, this movie begins with just such a total bloodbath. Yeah. And then I started like paying attention to certain characters. So I was like, yeah, Peacemaker, he's the Boy Scout who turns on the team. And, you know, you have this giant monster threat they're fighting. And it turns out that it was the, the U.S. government the whole time. And I was like, wait a minute. I wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was, they find out the monsters are being created by the, go- the U.S. government and all this stuff. And yeah. there's the Boy Scout who turns the whole group in. And I was yeah. like, oh, man. And then I, I realized, I was like, that's why I like this so much. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, it's it's definitely not like the, you know, the stories in Hollywood. You hear, oh, they stole my idea. I wrote that. I, I couldn't care less. I could throw that thing in no, the trash. Yeah. This movie was so good. Um, I'm a big, like, one of my guilty pleasure movies, because I know it's just they're not good movies, but I still love them, is the Transformers movies. That's probably why I brought it up, because I've always loved Transformers. I love the Transformers and- movies. I do too. They 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 slowly get like worse and worse. I think um, the first one the the first one I will defend is a phenomenal movie. I will defend the first one, and then once you keep going on and on, it's like okay, I can understand why you think these aren't good. But the first one I think ne- deserves more credit. Um, I don't know. I I would love to see someone like someone like James Gunn or or even like Zack Snyder maybe or or someone like with kind of that directive mind for like really cool action sequences and character development to like do a Transformers movie. Cause I actually really enjoyed the Bumblebee movie. Um, but I don't know. I just want to see it brought back to life a little bit. I think that we got too many bad Transformers movies and people are scared to make them now. Maybe is what it is. Or it's like, we just need some time, but like, I don't know the idea of giant alien robots coming to earth and turning into cars. I don't know. I love it. Yeah, or I any machinery. Oh yeah, I, I I think the Transformers movies. Um, I mean, even on the topic of VFX, are so 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 good. Yeah, I just remember it being so complicated. Like when when Optimus Prime first transforms in the first movie, it was yeah. like it was phenomenal. Like even when he was like, uh, well, who was he fighting? Like Bone Crusher on the freeway and he like stops yeah. the car and like it drifts and then he like transforms yeah. out of it. I was like, oh man, that's so amazing. It's uh, so cool. But then it, you get to like, I think maybe it was a, the fourth one. I think this was like Mark Wahlberg's first one. Yeah. And yeah. you have this transformer who just like turns into these little cubes and like reanimates in a different area. And I was yeah. like, that's not whimsical. That's just yeah. teleportation. That's just <laughs> that's just a particle simulation. What is that? Um, no, I remember in the in the first one there was that scene. I think it was Optimus Prime when he first like crash lands. I think is he the one that lands in the swimming pool? And like, uh, that's uh, I think that was either like or was jazz it, or like was that jazz? I think so. maybe it was like uh, maybe it maybe was Ironhide. Ironhide. I think maybe it Ironhide. Been Ironhide actually. Yeah. It might have been Ironhide. Um, that's right. Cause Optimus lands like near the freeway and that's how he gets like the semi. Right. I think it might've been Ironhide. Anyway, when he like stands up out of the swimming pool, it, I don't know. It's just such a cool scene to me. Cause you can see him like he stands up and all of this water is just like dripping off yeah. of him. And it just like, it looks so cool. And there's this like just little girl standing there. I don't know. It's just such a, and you have like the skyline behind it. It's such yeah. a great scene to me. I love that scene. But yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of the Transformers movies. Um, I think I think you're right though. They 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 need a style. They I think they need to not only switch up the style, but like, you know, a Snyder or somebody like with a very different. Like yeah, Bumblebee was great, but it felt like it still kind of could have been made by Michael Bay. You know. Yeah, and it was like a little bit more campy, and I get it because it was like about just Bumblebee. It wasn't about you know the Autobots versus the Decepticons. It was like more of a story about. Um, Haley Steinfeld uh, and and her car, which is great. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun movie. But yeah, I would love to see just like a very action-packed but well-made, well-written Transformers movie. Um, I mean, I love Shia LaBeouf, but he doesn't need to be in it. He's, <laughs> he, he's yeah. got... 
he's I think he's done his time uh, as as a yeah as yeah. a Transformers character. Um, they could bring back the they could bring back Josh Dumal, and I would not be mad. Mm. I he is a he's a beautiful man, <laughs> and yeah. I tell you what, in that movie when he slides on the motorcycle down the street. When he mm-hmm. like he likes throws the motor the bike down and then yeah. somehow slides for like another thirty feet on pavement. With the it's like no, yeah, with the <laughs> grenade launcher. It's like that's not how that works, but it's still so great. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Man. I loved. I then that's you no, know, that's another thing that I loved about um, uh, the Transformers and sort of what I I think is a great connection to the whole Monster Squad thing and like what I tried to bake into that was that the whole idea of, you know, these just military dudes facing something that they just are not prepared for. They're like, yeah, we didn't sign up for this. Like, you know, aliens, like I've seen, you know, they unexplainable, just screaming into a radio. Yeah, Tyrese just on the machine gun shouting left cheek, left cheek, left cheek, (laughs) left cheek, left cheek. It's so great. I love that. Oh my goodness. I love the Transformers movies. Yeah. yeah. No, they, I love him too. I'm glad you agree. I felt a little sheepish coming out with that with that hot take of an opinion. Um yeah. I, I think I, I think agree. I mean they were big. They made so many because I think yeah. enough people love the first one, um sort of yeah. the second. Uh, I think the third one was actually the last good one for me. Um you mentioned musical theater. Uh you're a big musical guy? Uh I I was in musicals. <laughs> yeah um and i enjoy them um but i wasn't really like i didn't come into it as like a theater kid i wasn't yeah. like doing it in middle school or it was interesting i when i did when i started doing musical i did it in high school um and i started as a junior and i yeah. was like i was about to hit the varsity football team and i was like ah i'm gonna quit and do this <laughs> other thing because i'm not big enough for this so yeah. um yeah, I, I Troy Bolton's my way into musical theater, and nice. uh, and it went really well for me. Um, I guess I guess finding guys who can sing in high school were very few and far between. So yeah. I, had, I I'm not gonna lie, I had it pretty easy going through <laughs> musical theater. I played I played Donkey and Shrek the musical, which everybody just kind of looked at me, and <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess I'll be Donkey, whatever. You know? Oh no, man! <laughs> and like I was in, it was like in the class. I went to this like pr- predominantly white school, yeah. and in the class there were like two other black students. Yeah. Um, one of them was just not donkey. I was, I was just like, I know. I don't even need to audition for the role. I could just, you guys could just give it to me already. You're like, just like, I'll do you it. Guys Whatever, I'll do it. You know, yeah. there was there was literally no, there was nobody else who really had that um but the next show i was in was ragtime which i think is the best musical ever made and i love ragtime yeah i think you're it is what yeah it is one of the greatest musicals ever honestly like so amazing for at the time that it was made like super underrated um and i think it isn't in like the public eye as much as it should be Um, i agree because I hadn't heard about it until I was in it. I played Cole House uh, yeah. in it. Oh, you played Cole and, House? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. It's, weird, it's weird to go from Donkey to Cole House, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's a diff- so, bit of a different character. Yeah, um, a little bit. Um, a little bit. But yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think that was just a great way, though, to showcase range and stuff. And, yeah. you know, to really flex the acting. To be like, oh, okay, you know, this is something that I am not, you know... I'm not messing around with, you know, like I could actually, you know, pull this off. Yeah. Um, and it was so different, so starkly different, but I love ragtime and I want to make a movie. I want to make a movie musical version because I know there's a movie, but I think it's just like the, it's just based off the book. It's just based off the book. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the musicals that I like wonder why they haven't made a musical movie about it yet. I think it's like perfect for it. I mean, especially like, with everything that's been going on like the past few years, it highlights so many relevant issues that are like more relevant now more than ever. And I don't know why they haven't. I know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's what it, I think it miss. it's missing a couple of things. And this is, I spent so much time with the show. 
because yeah. I've been trying to like work a rewrite. Yeah. I think I, I think I found out the reason why it's not um, being like actively revamped, you know? Yeah. And I think it, it's a couple of things. A, it's um, I mean, a lot of people don't like the the white savior thing. Yeah. Um, and the mother in that show definitely becomes that a bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's not something that like has to. That's not the biggest thing I think people are afraid of. I think people are afraid of uh, <laughs> Cole House and the fact that he takes over the J.P. Morgan library and rigs it to explode and yeah. shows and creates a provisional government and really shows much more resolve in ways of a revolution than you get to see black characters do a lot in media. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that like he took it the furthest that I've, yeah. that I think I've seen um, and had to be talked out of it, like would have gone all the way. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's, it's a good moment to, it's a good teaching moment. Cause I think a lot of times, you know, we, in, in our history books, right. We, we get like the polarized Martin and Malcolm. Yeah. And I feel like, um, I feel like those two weren't so different at the time. No. You know, I feel like at the time they were like, they were definitely hand in hand, but we our, our history has been made to be like, well, this is non-violence and this is the way to go. And this is violence. And it's like, how do you like, yeah. they try to make it seem unjustified in that, Oh, Martin was able to accomplish the same things without, you know, without violence. But I think that's the, that's a wrong take yeah. because you know, if, this, this is a really hot take right now. This is going to be like the hottest take I've ever t- taken. All right. Um, do you, uh, my first, well, I'll ask it as a question. Do you think Martin Luther King, uh, do you think the job was finished before Martin Luther King died? No. Not at all. And Not so at all. if that's the case, then, you know, how much did he really accomplish as him, like, you know, himself? Or is it, a part of U.S. history to try to m- make him a figurehead that uh, that kind of makes it seem like th- a lot happened, a lot got done. Yeah, I think that's probably it. I think that there is definitely. I, I I don't think. I think everybody's well aware and knows that there are large parts of American history that are whitewashed, that are skirted around, that paint you know, the country in a good light. And I think that's definitely one of them. I mean, it, he, that's the reason he died was because he was on his way to that change. And I think that he laid a lot of building blocks for that. But I think that the way it is portrayed in, in, you know, us education, um, I think it's, I think it's changing as, you know, as we progress, but I definitely think, I mean, when I was learning about it, it seemed like, yeah, he did it. Great work, Martin yeah. Luther King Jr. Right. Yeah, great exactly. American, yeah, great civil rights hero. And it's like, no, he he was on his way to doing that. He was on his way to that meaningful change, and that's why he died. And and yeah. he died for it. And um, I there's still a lot to be done. And I think that that ragtime for me is is because it is. It's a very radical thing, you know, that Cole House does. But I I don't. It's it's a it's kind of it's like a metaphor. Um, it's, it's figurative for like, sometimes that's, you know, if that's the motivation, I guess, and the passion that we need to have, that's what we need to, I don't know. How do I put this? That's how we need to think about what we need to do to reach the goals that we want. You know, if we have a passivity or we have a kind of laxness, um, which I think is what a lot of people do have, where it's like, they're not really willing to do anything to achieve change then nothing's ever going to happen. And I think that you have to have those radical things. Should, should Cole House, you know, blow up that, the, the library or whatever? And probably not. Yeah. No, I'm going to say no. But <laughs> he has the passion, you know, he has that desire and that passion for change. And so I agree with your, I, I agree with your points that there are things in the musical that would make it maybe not uh, something that people would want to adapt to screen. But I think that there are things you can skirt around. I mean, it's easy to yeah. write out that kind of white savior attitude. Um, yeah. I think that's an easy thing to work around. And I don't know. There's ways that you can can work around the whole Cole House thing. But I love it. I think it's a phenomenal musical. And I think that it teaches a lot of really great lessons. Yeah. Yeah. And the music is like, 
Make Them Hear You is one of my favorite songs from a musical ever. I'm not going to lie. I killed it. You killed it? (laughs) I killed it it night after night. (laughs) That song gives me freaking chills every time I listen to it. There's, I don't know, there's something about it. I remember the first time uh, we we actually got to take this show out to Columbus, Georgia and and do it at uh, Thescon, which is like our thespian convention. Um, and we performed it at this uh, Springer Opera House and we sold it out like for back to back shows and they cut Make Them Hear You show because they had to do it in like a one act. And um, I was just everybody in there was like all the theater people. So yeah. they cheered for anything. They cheered for everything that happened. Like no matter, like you could step on stage and they'd be like, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, make them hear you definitely made me cry. The, the last few performances I did with it. Cause yeah, I mean that last note too is a oh. beast. Um, yeah. And that's like I one can of my hold favorite note. musical song. Like, yeah. I love singing that song when I'm like driving in my car alone. That's one of my favorite songs to sing. And yeah. it, it, it is, Oh God, it's just so great. I, I wish I could sing it right now, but we can't sing on the show. Sadly, copyright issues. Sorry. Lame. Sorry, y'all. No, it's okay. We can sing later. Well, I we we're we are running out of time here. Um, even though I wish we could continue this conversation for yeah, hours and hours. Forever. Uh maybe I we talk again sometime soon though. Yeah. Yeah? I yes. Freaking. I love doing these. I I mean, I'm I am so happy to just be doing things <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Dude. you know I'm, I'm always down to talk 100 totally get that that's awesome um feel free plug yourself to the to the people out there where can they find you what are you up to yeah 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 um i'm the julian bass everywhere uh i know we talked a bit about the show um that i just had come out so it's it's, it's called behind the screens it's on my instagram as well the, the julian bass so Mm-hmm. yeah yeah go check all that stuff out um that's really the latest and greatest and uh, i'm still rolling out some cool like behind the scenes of behind the screens yeah uh stuff for you guys so awesome um yeah yeah there's just so much i talked about ren here too so yeah you get to see i made ren on that Sweet. show we talk vfx nice talk about how movies are made awesome everyone go check out julian bass he's great super talented thank you so much for coming on the show man appreciate it thanks so much for having me Everybody, that was Julian Bass. Please go check out uh, all of his socials uh, at the Julian Bass. He's super talented. He's doing some very cool stuff all over TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, um, and doing you know making TV shows, making movies. He's he's super talented, super great. Please go check out his stuff. Um, Jamie, what are your thoughts on how that conversation went? I liked it. One, I'm glad that you had someone that is probably just as big, if not a bigger, movie buff than yourself oh yeah i felt like an idiot he was like yeah i knew all these things he was saying names i was like yeah this is a because you know he probably does pay attention more to the who the actual editors and visual effects people are whereas like i don't know any of those people. oh yeah yeah no he he seemed he's very knowledgeable um he's definitely he definitely seemed like he wasn't one of those people that like does this and then like he knows everything about it like yeah. he is he knows a lot he's very knowledgeable that was a lot of, it was a lot of fun to talk to him um i definitely there were moments where i was like wow i like to think of myself as like i watch a lot of movies i know a little bit you know but he he's a real deal and i am a fake i'm a fraud <laughs> i am a fraud uh, no but i really the only thing stupid copyright i wish that you guys could just break out into song i totally could have seen you guys like doing a duet Oh my God. I wanted to sing so many times during, during that conversation. I just wanted to sing so many times. There's like a look, I think, on my face that happens when yeah. I want to sing. There and I'm is. sure everyone that watches the video version uh, comes out the following Monday after the audio version uh, that we'll, you'll see. There's like a look on my face when I'm like, I want to sing. Uh, but no, I had, a, I had a great time. He's a very cool guy. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun talking to him. It flew by. Really, it flew though? By. I was like, oh. I was like, Trevor, it's time. You didn't say that. I know. I, I thought it in my head. I kept track of myself pretty well there. I didn't let it get too out of hand, Jamie. You did a great job. Thank you. That's all I ask for is a little appreciation around 
<laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Uh, Jamie uh, is very complimentary, uh, probably more than she should be. I need more feedback on how I can be better. <laughs> every every episode is like you, you saying something to me and then relaying to the audience. You're like, no, I'm just kidding. This is fine. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't want them to think that we have some sort of toxic relationship where I'm an a-hole to you. I think they can tell that it's not that. You underestimate uh, the, internet. On the internet. That's true. And you know? their ability to take things out of context. Like, what if I just said right now, I was like, but someone could freaking be like, wow, that wasn't cool. Butts what? What about the butts? I don't want to talk about butts right now. This is what I'm talking about. People are going to take this out of context. People are going to be like, Trevor hates butts? What's wrong with Trevor? Why doesn't he like butts? What does he have against butts? Uh, anyway. Everybody, I have something really cool to tell you about uh, now that that little fiasco's over. Uh, it's something that Rhett and Link are doing. You're probably familiar with them. Uh, my bosses, the hosts of Good Mythical Morning, uh, a couple of very talented and uh, well-groomed men. Um, that wasn't like supposed to be weird. They have like nice hair is what I was trying to say. Anyway, they have a brand new TV show. Uh, it is called Inside Eats. It is a television show uh, that is airing on Discovery+. Plus. Uh, it's really cool. Basically, what they're doing is they're traveling around, going to like the source of a lot of people's favorite foods. Um, they're seeing how it's made. They are t trying it themselves. Uh, and then they're like trying to make it themselves. So, for example, like making chipotle guacamole or, or like decorating cheesecakes at the Cheesecake Factory. Um, it's really cool. Uh, it's a really cool concept. You know Red and Link. You know they love food. You know they're funny guys. Uh, it's gonna. It's a great show. Please check it out. Uh, episodes are airing every Sunday, I believe, on Discovery Plus. So please go check that out. It's gonna be great. Um, and as always, thank you for listening to Trevor Talks Too Much. Uh, listen every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff. Video versions out following Monday. You know the drill. And uh, please leave a review, leave a comment, leave a whatever. Tell me how I can be better. Uh, because Jamie sure doesn't. She's too nice to me. Please, rip me apart. Uh, but not too bad. I'm sensitive. <laughs> um, follow me on Twitter, Instagram. The link's down below, at Trevor Everts. Uh, and then also go check out all of our other mythical stuff. We got GMM. We got Mythical Kitchen. We're all over TikTok. Uh, we got the Mythical Pods TikTok. Check that out. Um, yeah. I think that's it. I think I did. That's all the things. Check them off. Yeah, we got the TikTok. We, we got the... All the things. Yeah, I said all the things. I think that's good. I think we can be done. The end. No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do the end again. I already did that bit. That was like eight weeks ago. Um, how should I end this one? I will end this one with a piece of advice. Don't ever buy one-ply toilet paper. <laughs> that, th that feels so awful. And if you... I don't know what it is. I had to use one-ply toilet paper recently. That was the worst thing ever. It's not good on the butt. No. Anyway, see y'all next time. <laughs>